and welcome back to the Rise Podcast. Jacob, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Roger. How are you? Doing pretty good. Um, it was our son's third birthday last week, so that was pretty exciting. He had a, I think he had a fun week. We did a few things, went to Boo at the Zoo, and finally uh, broke down and got him a little tablet. And, oh, oh, what yeah. what uh, what kind of tablet did we get? Uh, I think a, a fire, Amazon Fire Seven. I think it was. Okay. So he's been enjoying that, and then uh, we had a little party here at church for him on on Friday. So so it was a good time. That was my uh, that was my participation in his right. birthday. I was here for twenty minutes <laughs> and then had to go to a meeting. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about planning events in the midst of a pandemic. Uh, I mean, it's hard enough to plan events as a new church plant, let alone during COVID. Um, I would imagine, Jake, that planning a church during uh, a pandemic has kind of given us some kind of valuable data or metrics uh, to kind of gauge at least what a it, what an event would even look like. Um, so you wrote an article called Canoeing the Mountains uh, from a website that you uh, co-created called Conclear Post. Um a lot of really good um, articles in there, a lot of good information. Um, I will put something in the show notes so you guys can uh, check them out. They have a really, really good info there. Um, so you were kind of talking about in the article, you know, you know, the, the giving, uh, giving people advice as, uh, as far as planting a church during this time or really just planting a church in general. But um, you were kind of talking about like why it would be scary or why you would think maybe like let's not even plan a church right now. Like, yeah. Like, let's just, you know, wait it out. Um, but I feel like the overarching um, kind of point in that uh, article was that people still need Jesus and people still need community. Absolutely. So we're going to kind of look at it from that lens and uh, kind of see how we plan an event during this time. So we had a trunk or treat a couple weekends ago and we had a lot of stuff to figure out. Like, should we cancel um, should we just act like this is normal, kind of just hope right. for the best? Um, you know, what resources, if any, were out there? Um, so it was just a lot of decisions we had to make. Uh, so for you, Jacob, as the lead pastor, kind of what's your thought process in planning an event like Trunk or Treat during COVID? So, I mean, kind of the initial thing is, you know, is this even remotely doable? Yeah. And then from there, there's a decision tree uh, when it comes to like, hey, what might this look like? So, you know, uh, during shutdown, right, we we couldn't do anything, right? There was very little that we could do uh, at rooftop at the time. No, nothing in person, no big gatherings of people. You know, we were we were stretching the guidelines to the point of perhaps even breaking by, you know, assembling Easter boxes and things like yeah. that so that we could drop them off to people. I mean... We, we certainly stayed within the letter of the law, although the spirit of the law, maybe not. But, yeah. uh, you know, so that was shut down. But, you know, that, that canceled a lot of events. That stopped a lot of things from, from actually happening. So, you know, we're not in that phase anymore here in Missouri. We've, we've got, um, you know, life is relatively normal in many respects. Uh, you have to wear masks a lot of places and, you know, super large gatherings are not around, but you know, for the most part, life is back to normal. So the question was really, all right, not so much could we do this because it seemed like we could, yeah. but kind of what, are, what are our options? And, uh, one of the things we did was we kind of looked at what other 
churches and other organizations in the area were doing, right? Because we didn't want to be the only trunk or treat. Um, yeah. Not not because there would be anything wrong with that necessarily, but from an optics perspective, wanting to pay pay really close attention to that. You know, you don't want the news to show up at your potential super spreader event that's yeah. also a church event, right? You wanna you wanna be reaching people in the community and and helping them understand and, and find Jesus. So, uh, you know, that's that's a big part of kind of the the initial look through. So, what are what are places doing? And then just thinking through some options. So, St. Louis County gave us some guidelines actually on uh, things that would be safe or unsafe or. Uh, you know, things that they might recommend or recommend that we not do. And so we, we paid attention to that, uh, not viewing them under the force of law, but viewing them as, you know, what they were, guidelines and, and suggestions. So, you know, we considered, uh, we kind of put all the options on the table as an elder team and, uh, you know, thought through, hey, do we, do we do this like normal, a normal trunk or treat event where we have cars parked next to one another and activities for people to do, people maybe inside and outside the building? Right. Do we kind of do this a, as a, a life as normal event? Do we scale it back some? Right. Maybe not have as many trunks. Maybe not have some things inside. Um, do we do a drive through yeah. only option? Yeah, there are some, uh, a number of places in the community that we're doing, uh, just drive through options. You know, what are, what are the things that we're thinking through and, and the options that we're putting on the table? And, you know, one of the, the values that, that, well, one of the values in COVID time that we've really adopted is, uh, as a church and as an elder team is, let's do as much as we can safely do. Yeah. Right. Uh, let's be wise about it. Let's be discerning. Uh, but if church can be open, we're going to be open. If, if we can be doing events, we're going to be doing events. Uh, you know, as long as we can reasonably and safely do things. And again, we've been reasonably and safely working very hard to keep everyone safe in COVID time for months. Yes. Now we have some experience with that. Exactly. Um, you know, but as long as we can do it reasonably and safely, let's, let's do it. So, um, those, that was some of the, the thinking and, uh, you know, just some of the conversations that we got to have as, as an elder team, as we kind of weighed the options about how to proceed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and being on that elder team, I mean, like you said, I mean, there, there was a lot of discussions, a lot of, um, if we're, if, if we're going to just do a drive through only, like, I mean, is there even value in doing it? If it's just going to be, you know, people just passing by and right. so there's a lot of, you know, a lot of that, like, okay, do we, do we really want to, you know, for lack of better words, you know, put volunteers at risk or, you know, put people at risk and, you know, if it's just going to be a drive by and they get their little bag and they, you know, they're going their way. But, um, I remember you brought up a good point about, just the value of them seeing our church and them getting something from the church, right. even if it is a few seconds, like they're going to go home, open their bag, and they're going to see a rise church, which right. is valuable. Right. From a connections standpoint, there are a number of things that an outreach event, at least the way we do outreach events, there are a number of, of, of things that are important. One is, you know, it's kind of targeted marketing, right? Hey, there's an event for me and my family, right? It raises awareness of the church. That's yeah. big. Um, that's one benefit. Another benefit would be, uh, oh my gosh, there, there are people in this parking lot doing something, right? The driving by the event builds excitement and awareness of the event and the church too. And especially for this event, that was really, you know, those two things, right? Hey, we're here being able to invite people in the community. That's, that's, that's important. 
And as people drive by and see something, yeah. uh, you know, that's, that's a big thing. And whatever kind of event we did, we were going to get that, that sort of foot, that sort of influence and in traffic. Uh, you know, another major value for uh, an outreach event is being able to have registrations and, and collect people's contact yeah. information, right? That too. Uh, in, and even a drive through event with a pre-registration option gives you the ability to do that. And then, you know, the, you know, one of the really big things and one of the reasons that, uh, you know, long term, we really want to do events that coordinate inside and outside of the building is it lets people get into your church and see what your church is like. People have preconceived notions about what church is and what it looks like on the inside. And it can be, uh, you know, difficult to walk into a building for the first time on a Sunday morning and have no idea where anything is and have no idea what the expectations are. And giving people that option to come in and, and look around can be really, really valuable and helpful for people as yeah. they consider checking out your church moving forward. Uh, and then, of course, the other thing is it's good to just meet people and have fun at an event yeah. too, right? Like you want to have positive memories and ideas about a place. So, you know, as we were, as as I certainly and was thinking through and as we were talking through kind of, hey, do we do drive-through? Do we do live in person? Most of those net benefits that I just described, you can get that through a drive-through option, yeah. right? You do, maybe don't get as many good feelings at a place. You don't get to go inside and see things, right? The event is going to be the event is going to be smaller, so maybe the drive-by traffic is not going to be as noticeable. But you know, there are a lot of really good things from a connections and outreach perspective that can still happen at a drive-through event. And, uh, you know, that was, that was one of the things that for me, you know, ultimately makes this, uh, made this a pretty easy decision to make, right? We're, we're going to do something for trunk or treat. Yeah. Um, and, you know, unless the, the, the county comes down with the force of law and tells us not to, yeah. uh, we're, we're going to do something. Uh, for me, it was just a question of kind of the scale and then, uh, the, the mechanism of, yeah. of what we, what precisely we were doing, uh, during the event. Yeah. And even to, even taking a step further, just like how much we, we did try to exhaust, uh, as many options as we could. We even, um, one of, uh, our elders heard about, uh, Walmart doing a event where they, uh, were doing kind of like a, a, you know, walk by or drive through kind of thing for, for Halloween and they had some, some vendors. So we even, you know, tried to exhaust that option and, and see if we can somehow collab with Walmart because it's literally there's one right up the street, like literally right yeah, up the street. Like a couple football fields away yeah. from our front door. And so it, it kind of, uh, you know, we kind of hit a wall with that and, you know, it, it didn't really work out. But I mean, that, that shows like how much we were really thinking about it, really trying to figure, figure the safest, best, you know, utilization of resources and stuff like that, uh, way to do it. So, um, it, and this is one thing I think is important for just leadership in general, but, you know, especially leadership in the church, but, you know, you don't have to exhaustively pursue every option. Uh, but putting all the options on the table, at least at the beginning of a conversation, yeah. can be really, really helpful. And, and having people in your, on your leadership team who are willing to look at things from a different angle or consider outside-the-box ideas is just really, really beneficial, right? I mean, we could have played this really safe. Hey, lots of churches aren't doing this. There's the threat of COVID right now. We we're just going to play it safe and not do yeah. this, right? Or we're just going to play it safe and... Uh, you know, in a different way and do trunk or treat. Or if we can't do Walmart, I mean, there are all sorts of possibilities here, right? But, uh, you know, one of the things I appreciate about our leadership team was they're willing to sit down and say, hey, what are some of the options? What are some of the values? What are some of the risks and, you know, potential benefits from from any of these options? And then uh, we could make a decision from there. 
Yeah. So, so we ended up, um, like you said, I think, I think for the most part, uh, we saw the value in, in doing the event. And so we, we ended up settling, settling on, um, kind of doing a hybrid of, um, walkthrough, trunk or treat, or we did have a drive through option as well. And I think that, I think that worked out really well. Cause again, I think even, you know, sometimes it's hard to convey that, um, your church leadership is really thinking through these things. And so like, sometimes it, it, it can be hard for, you know, the, the church to, to know that, but I think us giving them options and they can kind of see like, okay, they must've really thought this through to, you know, kind of give us two options. So, you know, if you feel safer doing this or feel more comfortable doing that, then that's a hundred percent. Okay. So I think that was really, really good. Uh, a good thing that we did with that. Yeah. And it's in, in many ways, what we did with trunk or treat was an extension of our Sunday mornings, right? You know, we, we encourage people, Hey, if you want to come to church, come to church. We're, we're here. We'd love to have you. We think that worship and fellowship is better in person. But if you want to do the online thing, do the online thing. Yeah. Right. And to me, there's, there's a parallel, right? Hey, we've got trunk or treat. If you want to come walk through and experience a semi normal trunk or treat, come do it. Right. We'd love, we think that'll be great for you and your kids. But if you're not okay with that, we have a drive through option, right? Yeah. We want to help you be safe that way too. Uh, you know, and then, you know, with the live in person option on Sunday mornings, we were, our chairs are spaced out a little bit, right? We don't seat family groups next to one another. Uh, we give them a, a, some, some social, um, and physical distance. Uh, and that's what we did with trunk or treat too, right? We, we spaced the cars apart so that as people are, are, you know, getting their candy, um, they're, they're, uh, you know, not standing right on top of one another. Yeah. Uh, we encouraged folks to pre-bag their candy, mm-hmm. right? No. And we even and we even pre-bag and we even pre-bag candy, candy so that when people inevitably ran out of candy, we could we give them more pre-bag yeah. candy to hand out. Uh, you know, it's it's things like that where you know it was kind of little things that we could do that communicate visually, right? Yeah. Maybe not, hey, these are the six things we're doing to keep you safe, but can communicate visually, hey, we're 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 doing this safely. We're encouraging you to do this safely, and uh, you know, here are some of the very obvious things that are going on and and are in place to help keep you safe right now. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought like you said that was really good too. I mean, cause, I mean we even had someone, you know, because we had coffee and drinks like that, and we had you know a volunteer there um, serving that, and and uh, you know volunteers you know wore masks, and you know we made a point to to make sure that you know if you're volunteering or you had a trunk that you know you you needed to wear a mask. Yep. And so I thought that was, you know, really good as well. Um, so what kind of, what kind of, uh, like pre-registered did we have? And like, what were kind of, like, what were the, what was the results? Like, how many people did we have come in compared to pre-register? I mean, I don't know if you have like concrete numbers, but yeah. just kind of a ballpark of how that, how it turned out as far as attendance. Yeah. So first word on pre-registration, because this is something I, I, I highly encourage. Uh, for events in church world, especially right now in COVID world, but just for events in general. One of the best things we did at Rooftop, and we've been able to carry it forward here to Rise, is to make big events uh, come with an expectation of pre-registration. Hey, and, and sometimes it's just, hey, let me know you're coming. And sometimes it's, hey, let me know you're coming, how many people are coming, and, you know, if you have a special need of some sort, right, if you need an allergy-free uh, trunk or treat bag or something like that, right? Yeah. But kind of building that expectation in, uh, is, is really helpful because it gives you an idea before the event of how many people are going to show up, right? It, it gives you kind of a baseline figure for things. Now, of course, not everyone who pre-registers for an event is going to show up, but it's going to give you an indication of things. 
quick story. A couple years ago at uh, Rooftop, three years ago now, uh, at Rooftop, we were going to do our first trunk or treat. And, uh, you know, we, we, we did it big. We, you know, put a bunch of time and energy and effort into having a live band and having a cakewalk and having activities inside and outside for the kids and having 40 plus trunks. And we passed out flyers and did targeted ads and all sorts of things like that. And, you know, without pre-registration, it would have been a disaster because the week, uh, by the end of the week or by the beginning of the week before that event was going to happen, we had 700 people pre-registered for our trunk or treat. And so we knew people were going to show up, right? Uh, and we actually had like 1100 people show up to that trunk or treat, uh, on our parking lot at the same time. And, you know, pre-registration saved our butts because we, we went and spent like another $500 on candy, uh, to make sure that our volunteers didn't run out of candy because man, what's a trunk or treat with no candy? Exactly. Pre-registration was really key to the strategy there. So I encourage people, you know, even if it's going to be a 20 person event right now in COVID time, it's good to know that you're going to have 20 people at an event. So pre-registration is a great thing you can do. It's one of the things, um, that I, you know, really appreciate about our web platform, Nucleus. They put, they make it super easy to put a registration form right on a web page. And then, you know, it can notify you via email or just dump into a spreadsheet. It's super, super easy, super, super helpful. And just one of the best things you can do from an event planning perspective. So we did pre-registrations. Uh, our Facebook ads led right to the the registration doc, um, and we had um, by Sunday morning we had I believe it was 150 people pre-registered to come to the event by Sunday morning. Okay. By Sunday afternoon we were up over 200. Wow. Um, so before the event happened, we had about 200 people. Uh, it was, you know, two, two or five or something like that who were pre-registered who said, Hey, we're going to come. We're going to show up. We're going to, we're going to be here this afternoon. And that was really helpful. That let us uh, know that, Hey, we need to make sure that we, we have, uh, you know, enough bags for kids to come show up and, and grab a bag with the information in it. It let us know, Hey, you know, that we need to make sure we have enough drive through bags. Uh, ready to go. It let me know, hey, we, if we have the ability to add an extra trunk or two this afternoon, that's going to be useful. That's yeah. going to be helpful, right? That that gave us an, an idea of what was going to go on. Um, and then, of course, at, at events, one of the best things uh, to do is to have pre-registration so that people when people show up, you can go, hey, are you pre-registered? Cool. What's your name? Awesome. Here's a bag. Good luck, right? That's a yeah. real fast, simple, smooth process. Um, and then, you know, we we vehemently stick to, Hey, if you're going to be here on the lot with us, if you're going to be in an event, we, we need to know you're here, right? We, we want to capture your information, uh, especially right now for, from a safety perspective, right? Where people are, are, are even more used to this than yeah. they might be normally. Yeah. Uh, and so we had, uh, about another hundred, um, 125 people just walk up, just show up who are not pre-registered. So we had just under 400 people wow. uh, who were a part of the event. Again, an event over two hours. It was outside. Everything was spread out. There yeah. was, um, you know, one of the things I tried to keep an eye on was, you know, are we are we maxing out the space? Things like that. And you know, there was there was good spacing, good distance between folks outside. It had beautiful weather, which was a huge blessing. Uh, and I should say, uh, of those just under 400 people, about 50 of the kids who came were drive-throughs. Okay. Um, so, you know, we had a, a good number of people who were driving through, uh, you know, no line or anything like that yeah. for the drive-through, but a, a, a steady flow of, of people showing up to, to get bags for their kids and, 
and go about things that way. And again, you know, pre-registration made that process very simple, very smooth. Registration made that process, you know, people came in, they had an idea of what to expect. We were able to give them quick little instructions. Hey, here's your bag. Here are the trunks. Here's where the snacks are. Thanks for being here. Uh, all of those sorts of things. So, uh, you know, having, having that process in place and, and really having an idea of how many people are going to show up, uh, you know, is really, really helpful. Yeah. Uh, just going back to the, the pre-registration, that really is, um, extremely helpful. And, um, like you said, uh, until, you know, we started going to rooftop, um, you know, churches I've been at before, you know, they didn't, they didn't necessarily use that, um, type of, you know, program, that type of thing. But like you said, I mean, the, the amount of times that I've, you know, spoken to you about events, like, you know, how many people are coming and it's like, yeah, well, it was this, this morning, but I mean, we could be talking for five minutes and you're like, yeah, I got 20 more people. Right. I got, you know, so like that really is, is very, um, very helpful. So that's definitely something to keep in mind. And, uh, like you said, Nucleus is great. Uh, Brady sure they do, a, they do a great job with, yeah, uh, with, absolutely fantastic. We yeah, love them. with the website. Yeah. They're, they're, they're awesome. Um, so do, um, from a connection standpoint, did you, do we have anyone come back for church or, or have you been able to, I mean, I, I know we send out, you know, emails, you know, right when we get information, but like, was, has there been any kind of, I don't know, conversation or, you know, interaction as far as that from yeah. a, a connection standpoint? So we do, we have a, a kind of a, a targeted follow-up process where when, when people register, we get their, you know, their name and their email. Those are the two things we're, we're, we're really focusing on. And, uh, and then over the next several months after an event, we, we invite them to a couple of things. So the, one of the things we invite them to is we invite them to church on a Sunday where we have a newcomer's lunch. Right. We do monthly newcomers lunches here to rise, uh, where anyone who's new can come get a free meal, meet some risers, get yeah. questions answered, things like that. So we invite people to church on a Sunday. You know, right, this is the first thing we do. Uh, you know, Hey, come check us out. Thanks for showing up. Come check us out. Right. Um, we've had one Sunday between trunk or treat and this recording. Yeah. Uh, and we had two, at least two families show up cool. for who are, who are trunk or treat connections. Cool. Uh, possibly another, um, even though our church is small, I don't get to meet everyone who yeah. walks in, yeah. but at least two people. Uh, so that's, you know, already that's, that's yeah. a huge, that's a huge win. That is huge. Um, and then after kind of the initial invite, uh, we do a, an invite to the next event. Uh, so in the weeks leading up to the next event, we send a reminder, Hey, you know, you checked us out last time. Hopefully you had a good time. Consider coming to this next fun event too. Yeah. Uh, and so we have the, our Christmas movie marathon coming up. Uh, in early December. And so when we get closer to that, there will be a, a targeted, Hey, come check us out for that. Yeah. And then people will get added to a, um, well, then the third follow up is kind of a, a more generic, Hey, you know, uh, this is the last thing you're going to get from me, but just wanted to remind you, our doors are always open. We'd love to have, have you come, uh, you know, check us out sort of thing. And then from there, we add people to kind of our general mailing list, Christmas, Easter invites. You know, really big events in the future, things like that. Um, we don't like to harass people yeah. or anything like that, but we figure if we're going to send them, you know, a couple emails a year, that's, uh, that, you know, they can, they're welcome to unsubscribe from that, sure. um, if they, if they like. So, um, that's one of, you know, this is the system we, we had in place, uh, that I put in place and, and tweaked at, at rooftop it was really helpful for just connecting to people. And one of the things that's really important in connections world is what I call the slow drip, right? Just these kind of little reminders. Hey, 
we're here. Yeah. Hey, you can put us on your calendar. Hey, you can come check us out. Hey, here's another opportunity. Uh, things, things of that nature, uh, I think, can uh, more often than not, that's how people want to be reminded about church, right? They don't want to be guilted into showing up. Uh, a lot of people know that, hey, should probably have something to do with God yeah. uh, in my life. Uh, and if they're open to that and they're willing to, to consider that, that slow, steady drip over weeks and months just can, can often be the thing that, that really helps them. So that's the, that's the plan with follow up here. And, uh, you know, if, if people don't show up, cool. If people come back next year for truck or treat, awesome, yeah. right? Uh, we're, we're, uh, we're here for the community. This is, you know, this is us loving and serving our community regardless of, of whether they come check us out on a Sunday morning or whether they have their own church home or, exactly. or whatever it is, you know, our, our community events, our community, events right we we want to encourage people to take next steps um but uh you know we're, we're gonna we're gonna do these things we're gonna have a good time we're gonna show people the love of jesus and uh the fellowship of the church even if even if they're not going to show up on a sunday morning yeah um yeah I, th- I think that that's really good uh i uh hope this helped uh you guys think through um planning an event through a pandemic um i think things to remember are might be someone might be a little different or a little outside the box but i think jacob's right on the nose when you know you put out the uh, a lot of options it kind of helps you figure out what's going to work and what's going to work best so i think that's one big thing also i think i'm um, just realizing that again people really do need jesus people need community and they need jesus so obviously times are tricky and, and, and you know they create different situations but at the end of the day we have to do kingdom work and we have to um, meet people in the community. So I think that's an important thing. Um, and the last one I really took away is uh, follow up. You know, really make sure that you guys are diligent about following up after um, events like this and kind of just really, like uh, Jacob said, the slow drip, just really kind of reaching out, you know, not not too strong, but, you know, making, making sure that they know that you guys, uh, that your church really cares for them. Um, so again, Jacob, thanks for sitting down with me. Thank you, Roger. Appreciate it as always. So if you want to see what's going on at Arise, come check out our, out our social medias. Uh, we are Arise Church STL on all of our platforms, all our social outlets. So give us a like, a follow on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. If you're enjoying the podcast, we love you to subscribe, share, Podcast.